you often will go into a doctor's office and they're like, you're overweight, but it's like, actually I'm not. Like if you do, I'm not overweight in any way, shape or form, but it's just that they're using measures that are kind of for everybody, but you're not everybody. You have a very specific case. We look at a lot of the research is starting to come out, especially, you know, post 2020 and helping people understand that a lot of the things that we used to believe about health are not necessarily true and people don't need to, you know, maintain a certain weight or size to be healthy. Hi, I'm Angie Clay. Welcome to Liberate and Lather's podcast, a journey to self-care. Self-care is not a scheduled event somewhere deep in your calendar, but a journey to everyday care for your being. I speak with other creatives on how they are implementing self-care using the fundamental keys of wellness to continue to thrive in their businesses and their personal lives. And of course, we do have our cozy conversations, just you and I weekly, on how we talk about gentle ways to make self-care a daily habit. So welcome to Liberate and Lather. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite girl, Angie Clay, and I am back again today. You know how I am. I'm always going into my virtual coffee house and bumping into some really cool people. And so today I happen to bump into Tamisha Campbell. She is a health and wellness educator. She has a business called A Fitness Mindset. And we all Everyone knows if you're tapping into the podcast, you know and understand that I love to talk about keys of wellness. I don't specifically say, oh, we're talking about, you know, uh, financial wellness today, but you really pick up on it as we continue to have a conversation. But a lot of things are happening in the world, especially around um, non-hustle culture, but also the dieting culture can really kind of be neck and neck with that whole vibe of that whole conversation. So I really want to sit down with Tomisha and just have a conversation about what she do, how she's helping other people help people. And so that's what we're all about today. So welcome Tomisha. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me. Well, thank you so much, Angie, for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know, me too. I'm so glad because this is a conversation that is starting to um, take some flight. I know it's been around on the back channels, but now Mm -hmm. it's starting to surface and come to the front door. Yes, it really mm-hmm. is. It's, and it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you tell the listeners and people who are watching us on YouTube in different places, um, Instagram, um, what exactly do you do as far as this topic is concerned? Yes. Thank you so much for that question. Right now, I will say that I'm primarily focused on helping health professionals. So that's people who can be everything from doctors to health coaches to personal trainers really create a more inclusive and specifically weight inclusive space in their clinics and practices. And that way that people can be able to feel more comfortable when they're coming to your appointments, especially because one of the things that I often hear from other health professionals is this person's missing this meeting or they're skipping things. And sometimes it's just the fact that your patients and clients may not feel comfortable in that space. And it's nothing that you aren't intentionally doing, but sometimes there's some implicit bias that we have that's showing up in these spaces and we want to make sure that we address that. Mm-hmm. I, I like that because I just remember growing up and my mom just, you know, I have a family, you know, we're running on the heavy side, you know, and they would always make comments about, you know, if you're heavy, the first thing the doctor says is lose weight. 
you know, and it's like my foot is actually detaching itself. So what do you mean? Like, here's the emergency, but you're going back to this weight story. Do you find that that's a major problem? It is. And that, and the sad part is like, is you said that, and I had so many stories going through my brain because that's often the experience, especially in black communities that we experience because of the fact that a lot of studies don't necessarily include black and brown people. So there's some misconceptions about things like BMI and you're often will go into a doctor's office and they're like, you're overweight, but it's like, actually I'm not like, if you do, I'm not overweight in any way, shape or form, but it's just that they're using measures that are kind of for everybody, but you're not everybody. You have a very specific case, but then to your point, it's often, we look at a lot of the research is starting to come out, especially, you know, post 2020 and helping people understand that a lot of the things that we used to believe about health are not necessarily true. And people don't need to, you know, maintain a certain weight or size to be healthy. Like there's way more things that we need to take into consideration. And if you're just coming into a space and someone's looking at you and saying, oh, you're unhealthy, but no, I'm coming here because I have an autoimmune condition or I'm coming here because I'm having stomach pains or they're not even giving you that time to actually address the issue before they're already trying to diagnose you. Yeah, that is wonderfully said. Thank you so much for that. Because, yeah, because before when I lost some weight. And so I, I actually really feel like when I was heavier, I really felt like stronger, actually. You know, it was like a whole new day when I went to go lift something. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, whoa, wait a minute. Like back in the day, I would just be throwing this thing. And I was like, now I feel like, you know, like, yeah. So when you said that, I was like, you know what? That just really makes a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. So I wanted to ask you like, okay, so how did you decide to get into this line of work? That is a good, good question. It really came from me understanding that I had a lot of bias about a lot of things. Like I had weight bias. I had a lot of bias about, you know, what I could do as a woman before I actually started having my own autoimmune condition. And it was that period of going through that experience of like slowly not being able to eat some of the foods that I was able to eat, slowly starting to gain weight, talking to my physicians and them saying, well, avoid this, do this, you need to lose weight. And it was just like, y'all are not actually listening to the problems that I'm having. You're just making assumptions. And I started doing my own research and then started figuring out, okay, I'm pretty sure I have an autoimmune condition. And it took a long time to get diagnosed. I don't recommend people self-diagnosing themselves, but I did sit there and go through the process of like finding different physicians who were more weight inclusive and who actually, you know, were there and capable of helping me. So I guess long story short is like, I went through that process of myself understanding when I was no longer in a thin body, the discrimination that I experienced. And then that was my eye-opening moment. I mean, like, okay, if this is what I'm experiencing, can I imagine people who have lived in larger bodies all of their life, what they're experiencing? And when I started learning more about that and listening to it and started to follow more people in the health and wellness space in larger bodies, I was like, wow, there's this whole, whole area that I'm just, just been oblivious to because I didn't have that body. So it was like, I didn't have those concerns. But then when I started opening my eyes and broadening things, I was like, oh, this is what health looks like from other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that old school cliche, you know, I mean, people always say, you know, you don't understand until you walk in the mile in someone else's shoes. Exactly. And, I mean, like it always proves every time you think, yeah, I'm on this, on this certain path and then boom, something happens. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. You're looking at a total different, le- you know, pair set of lenses. And then you, you change your whole perspective and your thought process and how you perceive it. 
Exactly. And that's part of it, too, because something else you said earlier reminded me when I was younger, you know, because both my grandparents had diabetes, my grandfather had his leg amputated, my aunt had both her legs amputated. All of that was often blamed on weight. And it was always like their weight is the problem. Their weight is the problem. And it never made me. It wasn't until I got older when I was like, well, maybe going into a space where your doctor is assuming it's your weight, but actually not doing the proper procedures and, you know, doing the physical examination and making sure that they actually look at, you know, your health markers and don't just immediately give you pills. Maybe they could have been better off. Maybe they could have lost weight, but they also, it may have nothing to do with their weight. So it was like opening my eyes to that. Sometimes we just give people a treatment plan, or at least physicians could give people a treatment plan without actually realizing just because this is an example that works in some situations doesn't mean it should be applied, you know, blanketly across. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they have like a, a class on like, you know, learning about uh, becoming an herbalist. Because, you know, when you start studying, yeah. like, you know, becoming an herbalist, they'll tell you, OK, so when a person comes into an herbalist, you know, they come in with a different treatment plan. So they come in with the same problem. They sit down with the herbalist. They both will compare their um treatment plan and it's totally different but yeah. when you go to the doctor it's kind of like okay let me see here on the list um okay diabetes black 45 okay well we'll just give you this pill this is all the two choices that's on the list that's so true that's why i love function fun, functional medicine doctors and i actually have to give them credit for opening my eyes and not all that so i want people to make sure i'm not saying all doctors are bad so don't come at me i have like a team of doctors who are amazing they're helping me with my autoimmune condition but i like functional medicine doctors because they really talked about bioindividuality and that was something that i never thought about as i was that person you print the template off the internet eat this much exercise this much sleep this much okay this applies to me because i'm this weight this size this body type this is my blood type diet but then when i started actually like learning about bioindividuality i was like oh i have to like change some things like i can't just look at a template and be like this works for everybody it's like no mm-hmm. no sis that does not <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So this is such a wonderful conversation. And many people may say, because I, you know, I talk, I speak to a lot of people who are business um, owners and stuff, but I think these type of topics is just so um, helpful for us, especially when you sitting down now more so in, at your desk. And, you know, I know when I'm working on a project or doing something with technology, I kind of get a little stressed out and I'll notice like I may be like snacking a little bit more or, you know, and, and it's just con- concern like skincare or how we look because a lot of times here we are, we're mm-hmm. in front of the camera right now. So, you know, and I think confidence comes when you determine where you feel good at in your body, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's the other thing, too. It's like I always want people to understand that if you do lose weight, that's not a bad thing, because sometimes I get the people who think that I'm trying to be anti weight loss. and I'm like, I'm not anti weight loss. Like if that's a choice, if that makes you feel comfortable in your own skin, then that makes you feel comfortable in your own skin. It's just a matter of let's not go to extremes and then start setting like ideal weights that become so low that it's hard to maintain because then that just could be a potential eating disorder for some people. If it's just like, I have to maintain this so low calorie diet that I can't enjoy life and I can't be with my friends and it just becomes miserable. It's like, let's not go to extremes. Like there is a happy medium. Mm -hmm. So what about young girls these days? I can just tell I was, I'm a teenager of like Mm -hmm. the nineties, you know, uh, you know, cross college, you know, moving on, you know, like back in the day. So, I mean, just, having conversations and things I'll bump into maybe on Clubhouse or topics or issues or how people want to be 
you know, announced. And I mean, it's just a really a new day. So with the younger females right now, like how is that looking? Oh, that's such a good question. It's tough. I'm not going to lie. It is tough for younger women because something that I have to keep in mind is like we didn't have things like TikTok when I grew up. Like we had MySpace and Black Planet, but we didn't have social media to the extent. Well, we didn't really have social media, to be honest. Like really, we had Facebook came out when I was in college. So it's like we didn't have all of those social pressures. So it's very different for these this younger generation. And for many of them, too, it's like they still kind of have to deal. Like somebody was talking about. Okay, let me not go on a tangent, but I will say for the younger generations, it's so important for us who are in the older generations to be careful about the language that we use, because I have to think about things that my parents said to me when I was younger or that my you know cousin said to me when I was younger stuck like being told, oh, you're skinny now, but you're going to be fat like the rest of us. Like things like that may seem to a, to a parent not to be a big deal. But when you say that to a young child, it impacts them. You know, I saw this clip of um, I, I don't know all the Kardashians. I don't really pay attention to them, but one of them has a daughter. And I remember seeing this clip where somebody made a comment about her daughter being big. And it was like this whole comment, com, com, you know, this whole thing went on about how inappropriate that was. And I was like, are we could have said what's wrong with her being big? Like, what? why is that word a problem? So it's like even kind of us on like understanding that until you tell a child that being fat is bad or being big is bad, they don't really know. Like they don't really know to think that it's good or bad. So it's like we have to kind of be mindful with this younger generation of like, part of what they probably feel about themselves has a lot to do with the stuff that we're saying either about ourselves that they're hearing or the stuff that we are saying to them because we're trying to protect them. You don't want to be like this because we got picked on when we were younger, but it's like, or we could just change our generation and not be so like anti-fat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And big for kids are different. Cause you know, they're like, yes. they want the big ice cream cone. They want the big wheel. Okay. I don't know if they still have big wheels, but you know, yes. I'm like, they want the big, yes. you know, they want the big thing. And they, Oh, that's small. Like I'll take that. You know, when you're a kid, mm-hmm. you're like, which one's the biggest? Yes. Right? You want all of the candy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like to them, the concept of big is not negative. It's almost like it's good. Oh, I'm big. Yes. I'm a big girl now. Girl, yes. Yeah. Literally. It's a good thing. So it's like, why are we making this negative? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm reading the book and I will be um, eventually interviewing the author with it because it hasn't been released yet. But it's really talking about kind of like generational trauma, like how, mm. you know, as adults, you know, we things happen to us. And then we don't realize that we're putting it on other people, like you're saying, like, you know, um, all of that. And just growing up for me, too. Just, and it didn't have to always be weight, but just. Yeah. How you perceive if you listen if you listen to different music from the rest of the crew and was like, oh, why listen to that music? That mm-hmm. you know, or they'll say, like, you don't listen to that. I'm like, well, <laughs> literally, I don't know. I like it. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's, just, it's in every culture, everywhere, every little facet of the world. Everybody's like that. Everybody wants to be the same, but at the same time, we all have the unique thumbprint, fingerprints, yeah. right? Yeah. So awesome. So what is the a future for for your business and where do you want to go? I know right now you're you're working on a book. Yes, I am. And that is my, that's the big project for 2022 that, and you know, fingers crossed will be completed in the October month of 2022. Well, at least it should actually be completed before October because it's supposed to come out in October. But that one is going to focus more on talking about 
weight inclusivity, but I didn't realize at the time, it's something I said to my coaches, I was like, I don't want it to be about me, but I realized it's important to share a lot of my story and my journey of going from being very like uncomfortable in my body to coming to this approach where I can be like, okay, it's okay that I'm a size whatever. You know, it's okay that I eat this food. I don't have to feel that things are good or bad. There's no morality with food. So it's like being able to help people get from that understanding, I realize is important because if not, then we as health professionals, that's going to come into our clinics and practice. If I feel uncomfortable in my body, more than likely, it's going to start rubbing off in a way that I'm being able to provide care to you. And then I look at that as being a detriment to your patients and clients if you're not providing them quality care because you're not taking care of your own mindset. So it's like helping people get from that point of, yes, we can understand that there is some aspects of weight that needs to be taken into account. We're not oblivious to that, but let's not start there when we're working with patients and clients. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't wait to read it. Thank you. I can get one. (laughs) You have to come back so we can have a discussion around it. Yes. Yes. And I just love books, especially with storytelling. I think just an age of different movies where everything was so glossy and flossy and it was like, if you were the average person, like you couldn't reach that. And so now everybody wants to real, I mean, when was it, was it real life? I was on MTV back in the day when that's whole real reality, world. Yes. real world. Yes. That's uh-huh. it, real world. Yes. I mean, would race to like watch it, you know, and different episodes. And it just really changed the game on how people like, they just really want the real deal. You know, I love and, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. I was going to say people, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's like, I I agree. People want the real deal. And I think especially after 2020, for a lot of us, it was like, you got to see people like take the mask off, even though we were all wearing masks, people took off their masks in so many ways. You got to see them at their hardest points. And I feel like that helped me connect to so many people in our space, whether not just health space, but in the business space in general, where it's like, I'm seeing your struggles. I'm seeing you post something that's highly inappropriate and you having to kind of go back and be like, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. I have to step back 10 feet and kind of rethink what I said about this. And it was like being able to see people in those moments, I feel like opened up the opportunity for all of us to be able to like speak how we want to speak and speak our truth, but also acknowledge when you F up, it's okay to like acknowledge that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, like Maya Angelou put it, you know, like when you know, to do better, you do better. You know, before, if you were working in ignorance, it's kind of like you didn't know. But once you're given the gift of the knowledge, it's like, uh, how are we going to clean up and, and, and walk right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so any uh, parting words you'd like to share with the audience or something that maybe I skipped or you really wanted to say? Um, oh, such a good question. I'm actually writing my word for the year. I finally figured it out yesterday. And I it's mine is childlike curiosity. And I think it would be great for all of us to take that moment and be a little bit more curious about ourselves, about the world, about different perspectives. I look at like as a kid, you couldn't tell us nothing. Like we thought we could do anything. But then as we become adults, we're like, no, I can't do this. We start having these like roadblocks and these like imposter syndrome and these barriers that we put ahead of ourselves. I'm like, no, let's just be a little bit more curious. Who cares if you fail? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's what trying is for. You're not going to figure it out until you try. So it's like giving ourselves some opportunities to be more curious and open our minds to new perspectives is what I would hope that we can just leave this world with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And more fun. That's my mom asked me, I don't know if she was looking at something. She was like, what was a, um, something that from your childhood would be considered super dangerous now. And I was like, monkey bars. She was like, what? I was like, Playgrounds, I don't think they have monkey bars anymore. 
Because back in the day, you everybody would race those monkey bars. You'd be at the top flipping. And I mean, like, you were just, I mean, it was like, that was the jam on the playground. It was like, the one, one person always was the best on the monkey bars, moving from one. And it was like, they're, they're not there anymore. No, they probably got way too many lawsuits. They were like, listen, <laughs> these kids keep breaking out. Yeah, my kids were at the top, but then it was just like the monkey bars, the monkey bars. They were fun. Like, everybody would be on it. I mean, like seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just dawned on me too. And I was like, yeah, playing around. It was reminding me of play because for me, I'm taking a class this weekend. I scored low in recreation because, you know, I love to write. Like I, yeah. I've, I've figured out my little like formula for myself and, you know, I journal and I love it. Like, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm surrounded by books and notebooks right now. If I could pan out to my room, you know, um, and so I find the joy in that, but, you know, I, I thought, you know, I could have a little play and today I'm going to color in my coloring <gasps> oh book today. Gosh. I, I have cute? mine over there. I got really? yeah. to coloring. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I was like, what am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. It's snow outside. I'm like, oh, I can just sit down and color for 30 minutes. And that's what I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I have hey, I'm using your word, right? Yes, you did. I love yeah. the perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much. So before I let you go, you know, one, how can people find you online? Would you like to say it from your own mouth? Oh, yes. I'm at Tanisha mm-hmm. Campbell everywhere. I'm actually getting more active on Instagram. I w- I'm still going to be a lover of Facebook. I'm, I'm sorry. I grew up on Facebook, so I'm still there, but I'm on both. You can find me. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And so, of course, my friend Tomisha is not, um, you know, she's not uh, in the dark about the journaling prompts as she uh, joins me and a bunch of other cool people on Clubhouse daily at uh, 5 a.m. Tuesday through Friday. So if you ever want to get your journaling game on, please come on and join us. So we know I'm going to have my journaling prompt cards and I'm going to pick one and see what we come up with. And then... um, We'll talk about it. All right. So let's get a good one. Ooh. Old photographs. Oh, wow. Old photographs. Oh, that's good. Hmm. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Oh, goodness. Oh, old photograph. It brings me to a time where I had an old photograph of me in a lawyer's outfit ready for Halloween. I was so excited to be a lawyer, but the only thing missing from that photograph was a briefcase. I begged my mom, I pled with her to get me a briefcase, but she said, no, I am not spending a whole lot of money to get you a briefcase you're gonna wear one time, Tamisha. (laughs) And even though I was upset with my nice little shoulder pads, with my head held eye and my little black purse that I pretended was a briefcase, I marched my little butt to school and had a nice little Halloween parade. <laughs> oh. And so did you ever get close to law or is that something you, that? The funny part is I actually was supposed to go to law school. So I had this whole plan, studied for the LSATs and I got rejected from every law school I applied to. And that is actually the reason I ended up joining the Marine Corps because I was going, I went home to live with my dad, my parents were divorced and um, I had, plan to like go back and take the LSATs again. I was like, I can just take it, get a higher score. I'll get in. And I was month home and my dad was like, you need to figure something out. And I'm like, can we, can we not? 
Like I was figuring it out. So because he was like reluctant to let me stay home and pursue my law school dreams, I joined the Marine Corps instead and served mm-hmm. six years. So do you think you could ever, would you, do you have the desire to ever go back and, and do it? You know, I think that time has passed mm-hmm. because interesting enough, after I came home from boot camp, um, there was a letter that my dad didn't send me and I opened it up and it was a conditional acceptance letter to law school. And all I had to do was go during the summer while I was in boot camp, but I never got the letter because I was in boot camp. And then I was also thinking, okay, I was really upset about that. And I was like, that's fine. It's still an opportunity to go. But then I also, while I was in the Marine Corps, I was deployed to Afghanistan. And I had a second time to just take the test over again, get a higher score. And I could lateral move from what I was doing to becoming, to going to law, going into law. And I was five points away from the score I needed to make that move. And I said to myself, then I was like, this is not meant for me. So I let that dream go. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing something really, it's really your heart's desire. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just funny how life just pivots and shifts mm-hmm. and the fact that you didn't, um, some people could have let that just take them out. Have you ever seen um, Napoleon Dynamite? Yes. <laughs> Uncle Rico. <laughs> Uncle Rico always was driven by that football game that, you know, he was like stuck, like Chuck on that yeah. memory, right? That was his, like, he could not get past it. When I hear people, I feel like they, they, they're Uncle Ricos, you know, they get stuck and it is, they mm-hmm. stay there. Well, you didn't. You, you just pivoted and went in another whole different direction. And now you're doing something so wonderful and working with all these other people and this is this domino effect it was touching all these like doctors lives and they're touching on people's lives and all the information you're telling them and now you have this book and it's just wow so it worked out yeah it did and if you decide now you want to go back that's Amisha true. can go back because you'll be like I'm passing and that's gonna be it <laughs> yes. right because that's like you have all this life experience with you and it's like yeah nothing's beat you down so that's true yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. It's been so lovely. It's been so lovely to talk to you in my virtual coffee house. I'm going to have to get some music with a little clanging uh, dishes. Oh. And... <laughs> okay. Oh, I know, isn't it? Right? Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, I, I'm enjoying getting to know you and this conversation was really delightful. So thank you. Thank you. I love this conversation. I love coming into your clubhouse room. So I highly recommend if people aren't yet there, you need to be there. It's so good. You got me back into journaling. So I have my, I was about to grab my journal, but it's actually further away. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, awesome. I'm so glad. It makes my heart go ee when I hear that. <laughs> well, thank you everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Definitely contact, get in touch with us. Just pop into our clubhouse room. It's not a closed room. It's open. So please join us there. And thank you so much, Tamisha, for being here with us. We'll see the rest of you the next time. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Bye. Bye.